Imagine if every day, every thought that you had was to improve or enhance your life in a positive way so that you were able to follow through successfully with ease, eliminating doubt, fear or procrastination. Imagine if every action you took was for your future expected success rather than from your limiting past. Over the course of several decades, research into the field of human potential and performance shows the amazing abilities that every person has to tap into their potential to become limitless. My name is Anne-Marie and welcome to my show, Be You Limitless. In this show, I interview extraordinary guests from a variety of backgrounds who are united in their ability to consistently achieve personal greatness by being fearlessly unlimited so that you, the listener, can be inspired to exceed your personal limits. I invite you to send me your emails, ask me or my guests those breakthrough questions that give you permission to be you limitless. Every Thursday at 7pm on wellbeingradio.co.uk, audio for mind, body and soul. Hello, good evening, everybody. It's Thursday, it's 7pm, and we are back together again, and it's so good to be back with you. Listen, I have so much that I actually want to share with you. I don't know where to begin. This show could be super, super packed, but there are some burning questions that I want to ask you because I want to make sure I'm giving you exactly what you need from me. So, you know, at the beginning, we have um, an intro of what the show is going to be about and what I do and who I speak to. Uh, And that takes up, you know, a good section of the show. And I'm wondering, would you like me to take that out? Would you like me to pack these sessions in with even more knowledge, inspiration and information? Just a question. I want to format this show that that serves you. It's not about me. It's most definitely about you, the listener. So I'm just going to throw that question out there. Or we could just change the intro every now and again. It's totally up to you. It's your show. I'm just here to entertain. (laughs) Um, Have you downloaded the app yet? Mm, Good question. Well, anyway, those are some things for you to speak about now. As I said, I've got so many things I want to share with you this evening. And I'm going to start off with something trivial, if you don't mind. I bought a new chaise lounge. Chaise lounge. It's lovely. It's green. You know, green is my favourite colour. And it's obviously for my clients. And uh, oh, it's one of the most comfortable things I've ever laid on. I can see why the um, uh, in the Palace of Versailles in France, they used to have those chaise longs. Oh, it's French, isn't it? Chaise longs. Because you really have to just longe on the chaise when you, when you get one of these uh, pieces of furniture. It's, it's totally beautiful. I really, really love it. Anyway, that's my bit of trivia. Now let's get into something a little bit deeper. And our subject, I say our because it's for me and for you, our subject today is, you know, I, I've spoke, been speaking to you about the, the programs that I run. My The most prolific program I have is the BU program, which looks at every aspect of clearing all of your limiting obstacles and limiting beliefs. And the first session that I always start with is a very basic one, and it's who are you? <laughs> very obvious, right? But um, some people spend a lifetime trying to find out who they are. And today I want to 
share with you how you can come to an understanding of how you've come to be who you are. Sound like something interesting? Good. Okay, well, let's have a little song and we'll come back and start exploring that. Okay. Perfect. So we're in, we're going to explore now. Who are you? How did you become you? Well, as a cl clinical hypnotherapist and a life coach, we are taught, well, we actually work it out for ourselves, and I'm sure you probably already worked it out for yourself, that the formative years, you know, what do the, what do the Jewish community say? They say, give me a boy from the age, uh, give me a, a boy from the age of uh, 0 to 7 and I will give you back the man. And this is so true because the years of 0 to 7 are your formative years. These are the years when you live in uh, hypnosis. You're sponging in the atmosphere, the environment around you. And this is creating or laying the foundations for the person who you will become. And then beyond the age of seven, you spend the rest of your life trying to unpick the bits that you don't want and expanding and increasing the bits that you do want. <laughs> what a journey. Um, and I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but I used to be a I, I used to be a nursery manager, and I loved being a nursery manager. I loved the children. They used to call me the Pied Piper. I was, I I just had so much fun. I just find children so honest and refreshing and genuine and authentic. All the things that we try to be as adults, we most definitely are own natural as children. And as a nursery manager, we had a duty to ensure that the children in our care were well we instructed them on the four cornerstones or the four foundations of being a social person there were four guiding principles that we always had to recognize and that is that every child is a unique child and that children learn to be strong and resilient through the the positive relationships they foster they also learn and develop well in enabling environments. That's nursery, that's school, and that should also be the home. And that children learn in different ways and at different rates. And those are the four guiding principles, the overarching principles that we use to develop your children as nursery managers. Well, there's a whole lot more information that goes with that. So those four guiding principles are actually broken down into seven things and they are uh, again your child is unique unique child it's um, communication and language it's their physical development their personal social and emotional skills their literacy skills mathematics understanding the world that is a subject that we teach upon and expressive arts and design those are the seven sub directories of how we implement those four overarching guiding principles. And that's what creates your children. The question is, how much of that as a parent or a carer or an auntie or an uncle or a teacher or a mentor, how much of that do you feel that you are delivering to the children that are around you? And I ask this question because over this period of um, everybody being at home, um, I've seen more children coming to my therapy room than I have ever seen before. 
And it does give me cause for concern. It makes me think that in 10 years' time, we will have a nation of 10-year-olds that uh, could possibly be very anxious, very worried, and maybe not have all of those resilient skills that I just outlined to you that a nursery is there to teach them. They've lost a whole year of that this year. But it's not all doom and gloom. And the reason why I'm bringing this to your attention, and it's important for you to be aware of these things, because then when you know what you should be aware of, you can do whatever you need to do in your own homes to bridge the gap that maybe is not being filled by nursery or school at this time, to give you confidence to know that you are supporting your child to develop into a sociable person, a sociable human being. So those were the um, the seven areas that you that if you're homeschooling, obviously everybody's homeschooling, we're just going back now and then they're going to be the summer holidays. But if you are homeschooling, those are the seven areas that you should be focusing upon. And each of those um, that each of those seven areas, we would then have to create playful opportunity playful opportunities for children to be able to experience um, expressive arts and designs, experience understanding the world, experience literacy, numeracy, and experience physical, social, and emotional development. Now, I'm going to touch on three of these because these are the the three main ones, and you've guessed it: personal, social, and emotional development that's one whole one all by itself that's really really important communication and language and a physical development those are the three primary areas that we have to study as nursery practitioners and then the other four are secondary because if you have the three primary ones uh, really consolidated and strong then the secondary ones are enabled it enables a child to be able to um, develop those secondary skills they can't do that without those basic primary skills what does that mean for you as a parent well first of all I can tell you you actually can download the early years foundation stage if you want to know more about what I'm talking about and I would advise you to do so because it should be that school and parent parenting is a partnership there's so much work being done in nurseries now to involve parents homeschool learning and to have that connection so that a child has a seamless supporting education <clears throat> which we, this is what we really need at this time we need that seamless uh, communication between home and school um, and the fact that the children haven't been at school we can still be doing these things in the home and I'm only bringing this to your attention because a couple of things have happened to me this week involving my own children and it made me wonder and I wanted to put these questions to you and see if we had the same mindset see if we agree on some of the um the foundation principles that I try to teach my children in different ways to maybe that that you would do definitely so let's have another song and let's explore that after the break Welcome back. Um, I, I'm having a little giggle to myself because uh, I know that when I've spoken to some parents, some of the parents that I work with, um, about the way that I encourage my children to become critical thinkers, to become curious about life, to become curious to investigate and experience new things. Some parents think that I'm a quite a harsh parent. I 
I think about the way that I was brought up and I think about the person I am today and I love me. I'm very happy to be me. So I think, well, if that worked for me, then many of those um, lessons that I learned, mm, some of them were questionable, I have to say, because I was in social care, as you already know. But um, but for the most part, the person I am today, I'm extremely proud of. And so I am passing those skills on to my children, although they're probably not as common as what most parents would think when they're um, bringing up their children to be the very best versions of themselves. So I'm going to share a little story with you. That's what's making me laugh because I'm thinking about how you're going to react to this. And I really would love to receive your emails, would love to receive your comments about what I'm about to share with you. Are you ready for this? (laughs) Okay. So this weekend, Um, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, I always liked to get a bargain. I still love to get a bargain. And when I was younger, we used to have the Loot magazine um, where I'd always be picking out these pieces of furniture or objects of uh, anything, fireplaces. I would go near and far all over London to find these these bargains. And I I really got some bargains. I'm going to tell you right now that many of the homes that I've had before the home that I'm in have been totally decorated and furnished with secondhand goods. I don't always need to buy secondhand, but I love to. I love to get things. I used to paint them, stencil them, um, uh, fix things to the wall myself. I was a regular DIY person. I don't do it as much now, but I still love to get a bargain. So when I saw on gum, or I don't know if I'm allowed to say, one of those selling sites, (laughs) I saw a shed. Now, this was not any ordinary shed. This was a summer shed. It was a summer house with a shed on the back. So it's like four foot by three foot. It had been totally dismantled and this person wanted to get rid of it quickly. And I was so happy. And I got this summer house stroke shed. Come on, guess how much? What are you saying in your mind? What are you saying? Well, I'm going to share it with you anyway. For 260 pounds. Oh my gosh, I was over the moon. Um, and when I see a bargain like that, you see the way that I've been brought up, where I've always learned to fend for myself and I've always had to work things out, um, sometimes scheming to get out of situations, uh, life skills, survival. I'm a very, very good critical thinker. OK, so I've got this this um, this summer house and it's over in Heathrow and I live in Essex and I need to get this so I am ringing around I'm trying to get a man with a van and they're all coming up and you know I've written quite a lot about this on if you if you were to um, look at my Facebook page you you see I post up all of these things that happen to me because I think it's good to share to give people an insight of how they could do things better so I got uh, no one wanted to get it the man in the van said it's too big you won't get a whole shed in the van no one was willing to help me so I, I I exhausted every avenue and then I thought, no, I'm taking matters into my own hands, which I did. I then hired my own van. It was a 4.5 metre van. Remember, I used to be a bus driver as well. So I wasn't phased by that. I didn't have anybody to help me. So guess what? <laughs> I got my children who are 15 and 16, got them up and we all um, got in the van and we all drove over to Heathrow and I know they were dreading it. And I was kind of dreading it too, really. But sometimes needs is must. And when I got there, the the gentleman said to me, um, oh, I thought you were going to bring some, I didn't know who was going to bring your kids with you. I said, they're not children, they're workers. And he looked at me dubiously, as did my children, to be honest. And I said, right, let's get on with it. And we talked about how we were going to do it. And 
I left them to do some stuff. And 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 do you know what? We packed that van up. We did. And we managed to salvage every bit of that uh, summer house. It's now here in my back garden waiting to be created. And I was so proud. Yes, I did wear my children out. Yes, we were all tired at the end of the day. But I did have to remind them on quite a few occasions, who is this summer house for? And they realized it's for them. So, you know, why wouldn't they put their backs into it? Now, when I share stories like this, a lot of parents think, oh, I'd never get my child to do that. That's that's slave labor. What? And, and they're horrified that I, I take my children out to do these things. And I always wonder why. Because part of the early years foundation stage, you know, when you're from the ages of zero to four, what you are supposed to be learning is um, how to investigate and experience things through play and, and exploring, how they can be active learners, how children can keep on trying, even if they encounter difficulties and enjoy achievements. They are, um, we are supposed to support them to understand how to create and think critically so that children can have and develop their own ideas and make links between their ideas and develop strategies for doing things. And I truly believed on that day, everything that we did, they had an opportunity to fulfill all of those goals. Um, they used literacy, they used numeracy, they fulfilled every part of the early learning stage. And yes, I know they're 15 and 16, but that's exactly the point, isn't it? They should still be learning those skills as they get older, because these are the skills that will take them into work. These are the non-cognitive skills. These are not academic skills. These are life skills. So I truly believe I did them a great service. And I wonder how you are growing your children, how they are going to become who they are. Because as you know, you are a product of your parents, of your environment, and of the connections that you've made. How did they grow you? Look back and think how they grow you and then think how you're growing your own children. Really big food for thought, especially during this time of lockdown when children are missing out on so much, you can still be supporting them, nurturing them and educating them to be critical thinkers, to be creative, to be to have fun, to play and learn and explore and investigate and experience life. It doesn't have to stop just because the schools are closed. It's a partnership between you and school. And you can do just as much important work at home as what the school does. I hope that's been really, really helpful for you, especially to the parents who maybe have had children becoming quite anxious over this period. Um, Anyway, we're going to go into this a lot deeper next week, but those are some of the ways, well, that's one of the ways that, I, that I've shared with you, but we're going to go into many more ways that you can support your children at home um, to come out the other side of this lockdown feeling stronger, empowered, and coping, coping with this situation in a positive way. Okay, so that's all for me. And I will see you here next week. Ciao for now.